All right, so I'm just going to keep it short because, you know, no one likes someone who talks forever. All right, so is everyone familiar with the Paul the Apostle? Everyone know Paul who taught with Saul originally? Everyone know? No one knows him? Are you sure? Okay, cool. I'm not talking about him anyway, so that's fine. Um, no, so I'm going to be talking from Acts, Acts 1, 9, 1 to 18. So this is a story of where Paul was going on the road of Damascus and he was actually planning on persecuting Christians, arresting them if he saw any. So, you know, that wasn't, you know, a great time for Christians, but that's all right. So it says, meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats that, that every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the highest priest, the highest priest, he requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way and of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. He was approaching Damascus on this mission, and a light from heaven shone, shone, suddenly shone down upon him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying, saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul replied. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you're persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you'll be told what you must do. The men with Saul stood speechless for they heard the sound of someone's voice but saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground and opened his eyes and he was blind. That would be kind of scary though, hey? You just open your eyes and you just can't see. And that's just, I know that would be freaky as... <laughs> um, so he's... A, Companions led him to, um, led him to, to the to Damascus, and he remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. That, eat or drink and blind. <laughs> How much worse can that really get? Now there was there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling Anan, Anan, calling Ananias. <laughs> yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said. Go over to the straight street to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I have shown him a vision of your name, Ananias, coming in and laying hands on him so he can see. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many people talk about terrible things about this man has done to believers in Jerusalem. And he is authorized by the leading priest to arrest anyone who calls upon your name. But the law said, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to the king, kings, as well as to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So I think it's a pretty ironic story because Saul, who was planning to like stomp out Christianity, he actually ended up, instead of persecuting, preaching the gospel. I'm like, that's just crazy. You know, like his total plan just was flipped on its head and going from a full-on atheist who hated Christians to someone who was following God. But the story I want to focus on at the moment is actually the character of Ananias. He, um, he's, he's typically, like, you know, missed in the story, but he's actually really crucial. And so there's two things. There's a lot you can take from it. There's actually two things I just want to focus on. And so one of the points is someone you can save will be able to save someone you can't. So for that. Someone you can save will be able to save someone you can't. So in this story, Ananias was used to restore Paul's visions. And so I think that's just kind of important. You know, some, being able to see definitely helps in life. And so 
But I think it was really interesting when you read it to go, Ananias could have so easily become jealous or envious of the calling that Paul had on his life that it says, um, God says, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles. If I was Ananias, I'd be like, hello, God, like, <laughs> I'm right here. Like, do you see me? I could be, like, why can't I, I can do that. I can go preach to the Gentiles. But God's like, no, I have chosen Saul to be my chosen instrument to go speak to the Gentiles. And I think it was so, like, a couple years ago when I was in year nine, I was like, Lord, you know, please can you just bring one person that I can, like, get to know you. And that happened, God, like, honestly, it was all awesome. God brought this one person into my life who I was able to, you know, witness to. And now they're on fire for God. But it's so easy to look at that person and go, oh, my, like, they're so, look at them, they're on fire for God. Like, they just connect to so many people in ways that I never can. But it's something that you need to know is that we all play a part, that we all are the body of Christ, that our, my calling is different to what Josh's is. My calling's different to what Alana's is. And we all have been equipped to do different things. Like, for me, I can't connect to someone on the level if their parents have split up. I can't connect to someone who is overly stressed because they're not things that I've experienced myself where other, like other people can connect to. And so Paul obviously had thing, experienced things that he could be able to connect to the Gentiles better than Ananias could. Yet Ananias was able to connect to Paul the way other people couldn't. And so whether you're saving one or a thousand people or just that one person, planting a little seed in someone's life can be so big compared and it says in John 4 38 I send you to reap what you have not worked for and so I believe you could sow seeds in someone's life that you don't reap but you could also reap seeds that you didn't sow so that's where you have to just be have faith like a nice and go you know what even though I might not you know I might ne never see these the harvest of what Saul Paul will do but I'm going to just step out in faith and pray with him so he can reach his full potential and so then my second my second point is we are called to live a life of uncomfort. Mm, I know no one likes the sound of that, but in Jeremiah 1, 6, it says, I, like someone was saying to God, I can't speak for you, I'm too young. But the Lord replied, don't say I'm too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And do not be afraid of people, for I will be with you and will protect you. Now, it says, like, we know that, Saul was going around like arresting Christians. So if God came to me and said, hey, yo, Leanna, go pray for this person who's like, you know, just killing Christians, that's going to be like, um, no. Like, no, thank you. I'm not going to go do that. That's a suicide mission. But really, God can save people that are like in the natural unsavable. You know, he can touch anyone um, that we, you know, we don't, we don't even expect. But there's a quote that I really like. It says, if it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. And so if it doesn't challenge you and make you actually have to step out of your comfort zone, you will never be changing. You'll just stay the same person forever. I'm like, is my fly undone? Everyone's laughing. I'm kind of so confused. Um, <laughs> thanks, Josh. So one thing is just we need to step out of our comfort zone and go, we're going to just listen to God and follow the calling he has. Um, so, and sometimes we're not, even stepping out of our comfort zone isn't going to benefit us directly, but it's going to help someone reach their full potential in the calling of God. Yes, 